All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms To the line, Hughes scores! In this existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1 nothing. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, 
That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. So be sure to go check them out. Retail location in Surrey. And of course, free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. Live from Nashville is my co-host Chris Faber with the green Canucks Army backdrop and a very close to the exact same shade green colored t-shirt. Look, you wore a tie when you were on Donnie and Dolly earlier today. I'm not sure why you dressed down for your own show, but I I was expecting to have to match you with the tie. So I had my dress shirt on, I had my bow tie. Now I got my Padres hat on. Now I've taken off the bow tie. What's going on there with the wardrobe down in Nashville? Well, in the hotel room, I got uh, it's sitting at like 54 degrees in there. The the AC is maxed out, so it's nice. I can wear a tie. I can wear the dress shirt. I don't have to worry about sweating it up. But I'm I'm riding scooters on the way over here, and then I, as soon as I step outside here, I start sweating. Like it starts coming out of my skin, every single part of my body. I won't get into all the spots, but it's been a tough start here in Nashville so far. How has for, for that? Been? I'm having a lot of fun. It, it's a good time here in Nashville, but I wouldn't be able to live here. I, I can't be sweating up like I am right now. I'd be an absolute mess. Uh, and I don't get to wear this green shirt because normally we have the green screen behind me. But rumor on the street is this thing's coming home with me uh, back to Vancouver here if I can fit it in the bag. So I think we, we don't have to use a green screen anymore. That means I can get my uh, my Sowister hat. Is that the hat that I wore on the show the other day there with uh, with Vinny? Apparently, I can wear that again. It's not going to get green screened, and uh, Aaron's going to hate this because he loves when I'm wearing stupid things to get caught on the green screen, make me look like an idiot. But uh, if this thing comes back with me, it sounds good. I can wear green again on the show and all that fun stuff. I'm kind of sad that you took your bow tie off, though. That's I'll bad. be wearing it again. I'll be wearing it again. I've got a special treat for you on Thursday with my attire, oh. but I'll save that. Uh, Dan L. in the YouTube live chat said, where's the cowboy hat, Chris? Have you worn a cowboy hat at all? Because hey, it looked like the media kind of got after it last night at Tootsie's. Uh, we, yeah, we had a good time last night. Uh, but no, I didn't get a cowboy hat yet. I haven't even eaten today. I, uh, today's been a mess uh, running around, writing stuff early in the morning. Uh, we did our final draft simulator. Uh, which is so great. Like the shout out to the folks there. I know we've brought them up before, but uh, FC hockey, that draft simulator. Thank you for the easy articles. That was uh, good stuff there, but also a lot of fun to put together. I think we put together our best one. Uh, it's up on Canucks army right now. I think you ran that bright and early this morning. Uh, so that's been good, but no, I haven't got a cowboy hat yet. I need to, I'm sure there's a spot where I can just get like the most Nashville things, right? It's gotta be like a gift shop. I don't want to do it at the airport. Like be nice to do here in Nashville, but I got to pick up some stuff. My fiance needs something here from Nashville. Uh, and I got to be wearing a cowboy hat for, I, I think for Thursday's show, I can guarantee that I'll have one by then. So quickly, Wednesday, the day of the draft, day one, we're going to be going at noon. So tomorrow, mm-hmm. the show is going live at noon here on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific. All of these times are in Pacific. Try to remember that favor because you and I have already had a little bit of miscommunication with Central versus Pacific time. But mm-hmm. uh, 1 p.m. on Thursday, day two of the draft is going to be our final show of the week. It's going to recap the draft. We'll probably be back, you'd assume, on Monday, Chris, to do a show. Like, I know it's Canada Day, but look, Canada Day is on the Saturday, and that's when the free agency is going to happen. So I think we got to at least go on Monday, and I think we should say it now. You pick one free agent that mm-hmm. if the Canucks sign this free agent, we're going to do an emergency podcast episode. I'll go that's- first. If they sign Ryan O'Reilly in free agency, we're doing oh. an emergency podcast. Uh, look, neither of us want to work on Saturday more than we already have to with the site. 
So yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, it's a long shot, but if they sign Ryan O'Reilly, we'll be doing an emergency pod. Is that the only, do I get a name or yeah, just pick you? your name? You pick a name. You pick a name too. I think I'm going to go with Carson Susie then. If, Why uh, would you go with Carson Susie? They might because actually it's... sign him. Yeah, I know. Well, your Ryan O'Reilly takes a little out there. Like, uh, yeah, I see what you're doing. You just don't want to end up working on Saturday. Uh, so I, I agree with that. But I, I actually enjoy podcasting. I enjoy bringing our fans to this show, and they enjoy it as well. So I'm going to say Carson Susie, and uh, if he signs, we'll, we'll do a show. We'll see. It might be a solo episode because there's a lot of work to do on Saturday. Well, I think uh, Lachlan's going to be around. Maybe Lachlan makes his uh, Canucks combo debut with us uh, on Saturday there. But uh, the other thing that's going to be interesting for next week's schedule is we have Canucks development camp starting next week as well, right? So I'll be out at UBC uh, covering all the prospects, covering likely all the players that are drafted here by the Vancouver Canucks will be at that camp as well. So that's exciting stuff too. Uh, and you know I love development camp, right? It's my favorite thing uh, with the summer, getting all the prospects into one spot here. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Nashville. I'm excited for day one of the draft uh, and even excited for our PHWA meeting uh, in an hour here. So it's it's been a busy day, man, nonstop. So uh, it's been good. But last night was awesome. We went out to uh, – got. I, I keep saying it wrong. Tootsies? Help me there, Ty. Got Ty back here. Tootsies. That's what I keep saying. One of the two. We were out there last night – Everything here in Nashville, all the bars we went to last night, rooftops. It was awesome. And you draw, you're wow. up, and then it's just all these neon lights in the streets. The one street was shut down. Uh, it was very cool. I haven't, I haven't even been to Bridgestone yet, but uh, I saw it yesterday from the rooftops, and we had a good time yesterday uh, for sure with the, the good folks over there at Elite Prospects. How much should we talk about them on this show and all the good work they do? Uh, it was nice to, to see them let loose a little bit. We did a little bit of that last night for sure. But it was good stuff uh, in Nashville. Sources told me you did a Jager bomb with – Elliot Friedman? Yeah, yeah, Friedman and I did a Jager bomb uh, at Tootsie's, so that was pretty fun. Uh, I haven't done a Jager bomb since I was like, geez, like your age, I guess, which is. That's when I last did one. Yeah, about 15 years ago. But uh, (laughs) no, uh, they went down smooth just like they did when I was 22, so that was nice. They do go down smooth. It's it's a good. Oh, they're easy. Yeah, they're easy. They're easy. I can do it. Well, here's the other. Well, everyone else was doing uh, whiskey picklebacks. I'm thinking, uh, you know, hell no, I'm not doing that, man. I'm not a whiskey uh, whiskey straight guy. I was drinking the Crown last night because, you know, we love Crown on the show, too. Uh, but, uh, no, it's all good. Nashville's great. The only thing, uh, the heat's killing me here. But uh, why don't we get to some hockey stuff? All right, let's dive right into it. Uh, we talked to Patrick Alvin today. More of media than I actually thought. We had some national media coming in there for it. But, uh Anything off the top? Because I know I sent you the audio. I don't know if you listened through uh, or if you put an article out for Canucks Army yet and all that stuff. But uh, anything that you took away from there? Uh, I tweeted out kind of the big, I guess, quote from the whole thing. And it wasn't even really that big of a quote. But I think we'll we'll talk about it, obviously. But anything else that you took away from there that we should kind of get off the top here? They're not moving up. Uh, We we know Montreal is apparently shopping that fifth overall pick. But the Canucks aren't really looking to move up is what Alvin said. Granted, he did say that before the news of Montreal moving the fifth pick came out so does that change anything i don't know the translation and it was patrick johnson that also pointed this out was that chicago and nashville already made trades so the canucks are kind of left without a trading partner you would think to move that pick or to move down or to move from 11th uh looks like they're just going to draft 11th and hey patrick alvin said they're excited about the player they're going to get 11th we've thrown a lot of names out there dimitri simashev nate danielson a lot of names they're going around of all it takes chris is whoever falls out of the top 10, right? Like it could be Matt Vay Mitchkov. Like it could be Mitchkov that falls to the Canucks at 11. There's always a player that everybody thinks is a lock for the top 10 that falls out of the top 10. And that's especially true with this draft. It seems like a crapshoot after, if we're being honest, 
the third overall pick. It seems like nobody really agrees on who's going to be there. So David Reinbacher, that's a guy who months and months ago where people were thinking was a late teens. Now he's looking in, in the top 10 for sure. Does he slip out? Like, like if he slips out, that's someone the Canucks probably want to run up to the stage and draft. Did say they're going best player available, which I think a lot of Canucks fans want. But I, 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 I know best player available is what you should always do. I just wonder it, where a guy like Reinbacher or Simashev ranks on the Canucks chart. Like if the, that is the best player available, like one of those two guys, if it is going to be a defenseman, that's the best player available at 11 for the Canucks. Yeah, you know what I was hearing last night a lot of too? It doesn't really sound as much like Adam Fantilli is such a locket too. Like Will Smith is absolutely in the conversation for for Anaheim from what I was hearing yesterday from some people that are uh, even well more connected than I and yourself. But like that could be, that would be the other wrench that gets thrown into it. Like does a team get really antsy about, hey, maybe we can get, you know, Leo Carlson at number four or Adam Fantilli at three, then maybe you do see some movement kind of trading wise in the picks above the Vancouver Canucks in the top 10. And that would make things really interesting and spicy. And you brought up the the two defensemen. Like that's, that's the way I see the top 10 playing out. I think there's going to be two defensemen picked between five and 10 and Rhinebacker feels like the obvious one. What I'm really hoping, and you know, I've been saying this for a long time. I just, I hope it's Axel Sandin Pelica that gets picked up by somebody in the top 10. So the Canucks don't really take their pick and spend it on him. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not a player of love. And if they do end up drafting him, all these clips, somebody's going to put it <laughs> together a montage uh, of me talking crap about ASP. But like, you know, he doesn't make a lot of sense for the Canucks. Uh, Tom Willander is starting to feel like the pick there. Uh, between Willander and Nate Danielson, those are the two players that you just, everyone you talk to down here thinks Vancouver's taking one of those two players. And I think it's going to depend on if a team gets Willander above them, right? Like if Willander's gone, in the top 10, obviously the Canucks can't draft him. It kind of falls towards Danielson at that point. But the way that's kind of shaken down, like if Will Lander ends up going to see like three defensemen picked in the top 10, then we're going to see the Canucks, I think, go with Nate Danielson. But uh, a lot of stuff, uh, let's let's hear from Alvin first about not moving up because that really got thrown out the window. Like that was the big takeaway from his last meet availability. But today kind of, you know, it doesn't sound like they're going to move up uh, into the top 10. So let's hear from Patrick Alvin and then we'll just kind of react from him. At this point, so uh, we're excited about the 11. Uh, we, uh, the scouts are doing uh, the last uh, final uh, tuning here on the list, but uh, I think there is a couple, a handful of players that they're excited about to uh, potentially get. Yeah, so... The other thing, and we'll play this next clip, like, let's just go bang them out here in the next one here. Uh, drafting for a position was something that uh, we kind of touched on a little bit off the top there, and it doesn't sound like Alvin's going to want to do that as well. Best player available seems to be the way that they're going to go, and that's why I think a lot of us are connecting the Canucks to Nate Danielson. So let's go uh, hear from Patrick Alvin talking about drafting for a position. Look at the, the parity of the league. I mean, you, you got 32 teams here, and... and uh it's basically a, a draft and development league here and, and you gotta be you gotta be good in that and you can never have enough uh good players on your roster. Uh, so we'll see. Obviously there is some, some harder uh uh positions to fill, uh and, and definitely if you have a chance to, to pick uh um those positional pay- players you probably look it into that but but overall uh or philosophy is, is the best player available. Yeah, and that's that's tough, right? Because it's like, how many years can you 
go back to back to back just drafting wingers, right? Especially with your first round pick. And we've seen the Canucks go drafts where they don't even draft a defenseman or a center. And those that just can't happen when you're trying to bolster your prospect pool, which is so weak in those two spots. There, there has to be a certain point where you have to lean a little bit towards the position type players that you need. Because like, they have, like, think about the, the wingers that they have that we like who have been like late round picks or even high round picks in Danila Klimovich and Jonathan LeCaramacchi, late round picks like Lucas Forcell, Aiden McDonough. Like, they have so many wingers that could hit. Like, they have such a, a high amount of wingers that you almost have to imagine that, you know, two or three of these guys are going to be consistent NHL players, what they've drafted in the past. To me, it makes so much sense to go with the center defenseman. I know you don't want to reach super hard. We've seen the Canucks do that in the past with Ole Levy, and that uh, didn't work out great for them, obviously. But this draft just feels like there's so much talent to be had, really, in the top 15 that you can lean a little bit more towards a position player. Like, the only guy that I really like outside of the top 10, if they ends up slipping, probably two of them, I guess. Like, Zach Benson makes a lot of sense if he gets to 11. I don't think he's getting out of the top 10. Uh, Matt Mishkov is the same deal. Like, I, I don't think he's getting out of the top 10. But if either of those two players are there, I'm fine with them taking a winger. But as much as I love Colby Barlow, as much as I love Ryan Leonard, I think they have to go with a defenseman. And I think they have a lot of options here. And we start to see a lot of mocks come out where it's Danielson or it's Willander, right? And, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this show. But, like, Dmitry Simashev, I think, is the best defenseman in this class. And, you know, from watching him play in the KHL, defend against those guys in the second-best league in the world, it's damn impressive to see what that defenseman does. And at six foot four, like I, I hate when people come up and they're like, yeah, but look at what he did in the MHL. It's like, yeah, I understand that, but you just watch him actually play. And like the way that he moves on the blue line, I think there's a lot to grow in his offensive game. And the other thing that I hate about the defense class in this year's draft is look at what ASP did and look what he did at the U 18s. And you're like, Oh, but look at all the points he put up. Imagine Simashev defending 18 year olds. He just did it in the KHL against some of the best scorers in the world. If he was at that U18 tournament, this guy's a top 10 pick because he would have dominated those 18-year-old kids at that tournament. But obviously, Russia wasn't able to participate in it. I, I just think that I don't think we're going to be shocked and see Dmitry Simashev be the guy that the Canucks end up picking at 11. But they took him out for lunch today. Uh, his agent, Dan Milstein, was with him as well. So uh, <laughs> Gregor wants in the shot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like, Simashev makes a lot of sense. I just don't know if he's going to be the way that the Canucks are going to go because there is a little bit of risk attached there when they just feel safe. Like, Danielson feels like the safe bet, right? Like, he's the safe guy to go with at 11. He's going to play NHL games for you, but he's only going to really peak as, like, a third-line center. And I think that's the worry here is when you're picking 11th, you want a top-10 talent who makes a big difference on your roster for years to come. I, I hope they swing a little bit here with the 11th overall pick. And – that's what I really want to focus on, Chris, because this talk of Nate Danielson made me think of the Canucks all-access draft video last week. Last week, excuse me, last year. Mm -hmm. And if you recall, in that video, Patrick Alvin said to his scouts, go get me a difference maker. Like, that mm -hmm. was what he said to his scouts, and he made it clear, you know, I can get bottom six wingers, I can get these guys in free agency and trades, but we need to get a difference maker in the draft. Like, that's where you're going to make that pick. They go on to select Jonathan LeCaramacchi, a guy who you know very well, Chris, has a very high ceiling, but also a pretty low floor. Like, it's a boomer bust pick with Jonathan LeCaramacchi, <clears throat> excuse me, and with Nate Danielson, you're looking at a guy who scouts seem to agree unanimously has one of the highest floors in this draft. Like, mm -hmm. could be an NHL player within a couple of years. Is he going to be a top six center? No, probably not. But is he going to be a really good bottom six center? 
Yeah, probably. Like you think of a guy like Joel Erickson Eck, who, you know, hasn't taken that step, obviously, and he's not going to be a top six winger, but he's a damn good bottom six center in the league, right? Like that's who I kind of think of when I see Nate Danielson and all this talk about him. So to me, what, what my question for Alvin, when, you know, when you guys get back to Vancouver, my question would be, if they go with Nate Danielson, would be what kind of led to the change in draft philosophy? Because we heard it from Alvin's mouth last year that we want the difference makers. We can go get these other guys in free agency. And I might be misquoting a little bit, but you get that was the principle yeah, yeah. of what he said. And we heard Barry Trott say the same thing to his scouts in Nashville. Home run now, swings. Exactly. Take some home run swings. Boomer bust, right? You go for boomer bust in the first round. So I, I would like to find out what the, you know, what the reasoning is of why you might take a different route and, you know, kind of like the polar opposite of your drafting strategy of last year. Why did you change it up? Like, were you a little bit scared when you saw LeCaramacchi have a tough D plus one year? Yeah, maybe. Like, like I, I want to hear it from the team. I, I would like to know because all this talk about Danielson, you're looking at it and we just said like, you know, Simashev, higher ceiling. A lot of these guys around him have a higher ceiling, but also a lower floor as well. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing you have. You're going to have options for both at 11. Why don't we let's move on here, uh, Aaron, into our next thing here. Who's that? Who's there at 11? Uh, and that's the, the good thing about being down here in the States is they got a million of these energy drinks, all these different ones here. I got Starburst, so I've been hammering these all day. That's why I've been writing articles all day for you, quads. Uh, but uh, just kidding. I didn't do that today. That was yesterday. But uh, what I wanted to get to was who's there at 11. Built this graphic because of the energy drink. So let's pull this up. This I mocked out the first 10. Uh, I went with Connor Bedard at number one, Will Smith at number two, Adam Fantilli, number three, Leo Carlson, number four, Matt Vemichkov, number five. And this is where it kind of gets interesting. I had the Coyotes at six picking David Reinbacker. I got the Flyers taking Ryan Leonard at seventh. Dalibor Dvorsky going to the Capitals at eight. And then this pick, man, like the Red Wings are about to load up. I, I got Zach Benson going to the Red Wings at number nine. Uh, and then this, this is where I, I wanted to get two defensemen in the top ten because I do think that's how it's going to go. So I went with the Blues picking Axel, Sandy, and Pelka. And that left our list here, as you can see on YouTube. A lot of options left for the Vancouver Canucks. Some of the top guys that are ranked, Oliver Moore out of the United States National Team Development Program. He's going to be there probably. Uh, Edward, Edward Sal. Like, I haven't watched this guy uh, a ton, to be 100% honest. Uh, Otto Stenberg's kind of climbing up rankings a lot right now. He's Swedish. He's from Frölunda. Got to think there's a connection there. He plays center. There's something to watch there. Colby Barlow's the winger. Gabe Perot's the other winger out of the United States uh, national team. Matthew Wood, Brandon Yeager, Andrew Crystal. Lots of options there kind of on the wing for you out of the dub. Uh, and then there it is, Dmitry Simashev. We like him. And then Nate Danielson and Tom Willander. So there's a lot of options for the Vancouver Canucks to go with that 11. And depending on how the draft shakes down in front of them, I think they're just going to be taking the player that drops. Like out of that list there that I have, uh, how I did the mock draft, aside from ASP, I think whichever player doesn't go in that top 10 is who the Vancouver Canucks are going to select. And if it does go in that order of top 10, it, it really feels like Willander or Danielson. It does. And I, I want to ask you about Willander. Is it Willander or Vilander? Listen, man, I, this is what happened. When I asked Patrick Alvin back in the day, I asked him about, uh, I was like, Linus Carlson, and I tried doing the Swedish uh, thing. And then he was like, yeah, Linus is great. Like, yeah, I've said that on the show before. So I'm not mixing up the names. I'm going Willander until I'm told otherwise. Uh, but we'll have to see if that V comes into play or not. But, yeah, I, I think Willander's – I think he's a good defenseman. I don't think he's 
I don't think he's the best right shot defenseman. I do think that's David Reinbacker. Um, with Willander, you're getting a guy who skates at an NHL level already. It's something very impressive, but doesn't have the six foot four size that you want. Doesn't really have a lot of the offensive chops like we see with maybe Axel Sandy Pelka being an example there. He's probably, you know, at his ceiling, he's a guy that, and this is if everything works out extremely well for him and he develops at least like a ridiculous rate. He could be a top pairing guy one day, but he's not going to be the guy driving that pairing. He's going to be the guy supporting that pairing. And in my eyes, yeah, that makes sense for the Vancouver Canucks, right? Because they already have their top pairing guy who drives play in Quinn Hughes. So Willander would make stylistically a great fit. Just at 11, I don't know if you're getting the best value there. So I'm still in the camp now of the way that, you know, however many times I've run through the mock draft, it's just trading down really feels like the thing to do. They're missing that second round pick. They could really use, uh, you know, then you can go with your safe pick in the first round and then take a home run swing in the second round. Cause there's obviously going to be some guys falling out of the first round of this year's draft that you can feel really good about, especially taking a home run swing on. And that's where you can go get the forward. Go get the winger if you want a winger at that point. You're going to be able to find a guy in the second round that can really help your prospect pool there or get another defenseman. That would be the ideal situation. Like, trade down, get Willander at 16, and then get another defenseman in the second round. It's, there's a lot of options, and I think that we have to look towards trading down more than we should look at trading up, even though that's what Alvin told us last week. He kind of circled back today and didn't really say that there was anything happening about them moving up into the top 10. I think we'd look at trading down, but it's all going to depend on how the 10 picks go ahead of them. Okay, and there has been movement around the league, although it might not be happening with the Canucks. There has been quite a bit going on. Do you want to? There's rumors on rumors, as you've pointed out. Uh, a lot of those are about free agency, I would think, with Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, all those names that we've kind of heard. But you have some rumors about draft. Like, what are you hearing down there? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, I mean, the only rumor, like you you hear Nate Danielson's name so much down here. Like I think if I had to bet on it, I just feel like that's that's the guy who the Vancouver Canucks are going to end up selecting. Like I it, May not be the home run swing or get a lot of Canucks fans really excited. You're going to go back and look at the, you know, the highlights of him all year long. And he scored a dub. He was on a bad Brandon Wheat Kings team. And 
he was a guy who was driving the offense there. So you're going to find clips. You're going to get excited. You're going to see him score a lot. I just don't know. I, I think you're going to have to see what this player looks like in his draft plus one season to think if he can really be a dominant player at the next level because he's going to have to dominate the dub next year to really get into the AHL and make that like a seamless trend. Uh, but the rumors I wanted to get to were from Frank Valley's list, uh, the trade targets today, uh, which is uh, why you have to read the outline before we start doing our show clause. I've told you 50 times. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get to it. Frank had three Canucks names on his top 50 list for the trade targets. Tyler Myers, we'll start there. Uh, coming in at 29, and, and we've touched on this quite a bit throughout the season, it's going to take for that bonus to get paid once that $5 million's paid out. Like, do you actually think they could move Tyler Myers in, in like the next month? And is a team – because I, I think for Myers, in my eyes, a team's going to be able to take that cap hit at the trade deadline. And then it's like, are the Canucks in a spot where they're close to a playoff spot? I'm not so certain of that either. But like, if they are, it's going to be very difficult for them to move on from Tyler Myers and, and get a pick back. But in long term, it makes the most sense. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen in the next month, even after that bonus is paid out. Well, the bonus isn't paid till September 15th or something, is what Sarah Valley mm-hmm. said. So, yeah, I don't right. think it's going to happen. Like, I really don't think we're going to see a late September trade of Tyler Myers. Like, no team is going to be going into October and say, yep, Tyler Myers, that's our guy. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. So, we'll, you know. I don't know. We'll park that one. I, I don't think we're going to see Tyler Myers get moved. We heard last week, of course, Alvin say that he thinks Myers is a part of the future here for the next yeah. year, to be clear. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if he meant extension, but for the next year, the last year on his contract. That's what Alvin said. Certainly here for the near future. We'll see after that. But together, another guy who's kind of had his trade talk parked is JT Miller. Uh, he came in at number 41 on the list and Connor Garland came in at number 40. Um, Garland's probably the one to watch, right, of the three on his trade target list on Frank's list right now. I think it's Garland to watch this week because we're starting to see some wingers with money attached to them be moved around, obviously. Like we saw Taylor Hall get traded. Uh, We're starting to see things kind of heat up a little bit here in Nashville. The GMs are all together now. They're all like, you know, they've all done their media availabilities with with their local reporters. Now they're all in the same hotel just chatting, right? So, like, this is this is kind of like the next couple hours here. Uh, this is when I'd be watching to see some big trades go through and then kind of into the night starting tomorrow morning, like the next 24 hours in my eyes, as we kind of approach the draft here, this is when things are going to start booming. And we're already starting to see a little bit of it on, uh, on Twitter right now with our, our updates going nuts and our phone notifications blowing up. But is Connor Garland like, is a team going to take him Do the Canucks need to retain it's, it's three more seasons. So I don't think they can retain on that contract, but I don't know. I don't know if a team's looking at him at, you know, they're going to see and say $5 million cap hit three more years. Is there enough value there for us to make a trade and send a, a half decent asset back? And, and how much do the Canucks want to, how much do they want in return for Garland? Cause if they don't want much of a return and they're just trying to do a cap dump, which I don't think is a great idea because Garland does bring a lot at five on five. I don't think they're in the camp of wanting to make this a cap dump. And I don't think they're, because there's value there. And Garland, I don't know if he's going to live up to 5 million on every single one of these years of the, the final three years of the contract. But I would bet two out of three years, you feel pretty good about him being a $5 million player on your team. And I know you have a lot of wingers and situations like that, but I just don't think they're going to get a big return back for him. So maybe he's involved in the trade of some sorts with a team, like an actual hockey move trade. And that's kind of something that Alvin mentioned today as well, is like that part of the market's not really heated up yet. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody's just looking for a different fit, right? Like, are is Calgary looking for a different fit? Do they like the three years on that contract? Is Chicago looking for another winger to kind of surround Connor Bedard with? It would make a little bit of sense there with Connor Garland. So I I think he, his name is the one to watch, I think, over the next week or so here. 
Yeah, and I think with regards to JT Miller, I don't think the Canucks are in any rush to move him. Like, like that's that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to now is they had a, had a really high asking price at the trade deadline, and now they aren't really in a position where they need to scramble to free up cap space thanks to the OEL buyout. This team's not going to be rushing to move JT Miller or taking anything less than what they think is a really solid return. Because, look, they want to compete next year. How much have we heard that? They want to compete next year. And trading JT Miller, who realistically is this team's second-line center, doesn't get you closer to competing for a playoff spot next year, which is what this team wants to do. So I don't think we're going to see a trade of Miller. Of course, that no-movement clause kicks in on July 1st. So they have until then, four days away. Does, does it feel crazy that we're already talking? Like, draft is tomorrow, free agency Saturday. Like, it's just, I don't know why the NHL jams this schedule so much. It yeah. bothers me a lot. But Speaking yeah. of, did... I didn't even see. I was riding scooter. But uh, did the schedule get released for the Canucks? Did. did that come out? Okay, it so I, can, I haven't and, even seen that yet. And shout out to the Canucks content team. You'll watch it after. Okay, they did a good little video there. I uh, I oh, really, really liked that video. Yeah, yeah, they did. I liked the video they did. It was original. Like some people would be, oh, that's cringe. Look, they made Tyler Myers contact uh, contact photo just his neck. So immediately, it's the best thing the Canucks content team has ever created. I think it's hilarious. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's creative. I think it's original. Um, and Faber, you might want to reconnect. I think your video is kind of uh, lagged out there. You're a little frozen with a oh, okay. mean mug on your uh, face. So now it's Faber with the problems. I'm alone now, so I'm just going to keep talking. Now it's Faber with the computer problems. And for those wondering, I did get a new computer. Everybody thought it was my mic, myself included. I thought it was my mic on the last episode. And go test a few more things. My computer which I bought with my very first paycheck from uh, my construction do- job in the summer of grade 11. I, uh, that, that computer had run its course. My 2017 MacBook Air had, uh, had reached its expiry date. So I went and yeah. got myself a brand new computer. I'm really liking it. It's made, it's made everything better. My, my camera's better than favors at this point. Oh, uh, now I got my mic going. Everything's good. Everything's good. Nobody can crap on my setup anymore. Meanwhile, That's you... True. Although, you know what? I do want that screen. That screen that's behind have, you. Yeah. Hey, Ty, how old's it. that MacBook? Two years old. So, Quads, yeah, it's a two-year-old. Not like yours. Yours was, what, 12 years old, that old MacBook of yours? It was old, but this one that I got is two days old. Mm. just came out. Okay, well, that's this is human error on my part then over here on uh, in Nashville. Hey, but it, it's good. Uh, let's roll into uh, – I did have a poll question up, and maybe we'll get to this. this is, I want to see the answer um, to the poll question because I did find it uh, – like, I think this is how it's going to go. If we're just being 100% frank about it, I, I do think that you're going to see the Canucks have the option of drafting Simashev, Willander, or Danielson. And that's our poll question. And I'll let you do your ad read here, Quads. The, the great folks over there at Atlas Goods. Uh, I think I should have brought some pork rinds down here with me, though. So our poll question, as always, brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15. That'll get you 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Locally owned and operated out of Surrey, British Columbia. That is atlasgds.com. Promo code is CC15. Be sure to go check them out. Good Canada Day snack. You know, you got people coming over. Good Canada Day snack. Get it up. Get it, folks. Go get your pop rinds. AtlasGDS.com. Our poll question today. Of these three prospects, who would you like to see drafted at 11th overall? Nate Danielson, the center. Tom Willander, the right defenseman. Dmitry Simashev, the left defenseman. And as always, I'm angry. Just a hair under 200 votes at the time of this recording, Chris. Mm-hmm. 63% 
say Dmitry Simashev. 23% say Tom Willander. 9% say they are angry. And yep. a 5%, 5% is the lowest number that we've had on the poll question like this in a while. Say Nate Danielson. And you just said you think they're going to draft Nate Danielson. So 5% of fans want to see the Canucks select Nate Danielson 11th overall. But you think that's the pick? Yeah, I think it. You know what? If 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 Nate Danielson's been a, a screen away from from everyone, just like a smoke screen to keep your eyes on something else, the Canucks have done a good job because they've leaked it to the right people. We've heard enough people talk about them liking Danielson a lot, uh, and yeah, picking up only five percent of the vote for whoever everybody wants to see the Canucks draft with that eleventh overall pick. Not great, especially when Simashev's picking up sixty-two percent of our poll right now. Even Willander with the twenty-three percent. I know a lot of people like him as well. Um, I, I just think you're you're getting a top pairing guy with with Simashev. Like I, I I really think that that's where his potential is going to take him. And the fact that just to see what he did in the KHL, seventeen-year-old defensemen just don't do that. And they a lot of the time they just won't even get playing time. Like KHL teams won't play these seventeen-year-olds, especially when you look at the bigger teams. But he was able to get in with with Loco, who's a you know one of the top tier teams in the KHL, anyways. And Really looked good. I, I just think I, I would love to. I mean, if these are your three options, I, I would take Simashev. Like, I, I would. It's a riskier pick. And everyone's like, oh, but you're not going to see him for at least two more seasons. Tom Willander's going to the NCAA. He's not coming out at the end of this year. Nate Danielson's going back to the WHL. He's not coming out this year, not coming out the year after that. So, really, like, all these players are probably having the same ETA for when they're going to get to the NHL. So, the Russia factor doesn't really worry me as much with Simashev. His agent's Dan Milstein. Nilsen's going to get him here to North America. He's got him here right now. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's much of a worry there at all uh, about Simashev coming over in, after his two-year contract in the KHL. I, I would pick him. If, if these three players are the option, if it's Daniel Sim, Will Lander, Simashev, I'm taking Simashev every single time. Uh, I like the fit, obviously, with Will Lander, but if you're trading down, maybe that's a player you look for. And, heck, maybe, maybe we get surprised and Simashev goes to a team in the top ten because the more you watch of him, and obviously scouts have done this and they've obviously pissed probably some guys banging the table for Simashev being the best defenseman in this draft. And maybe he's a guy who slot, you know, doesn't get out of the top 10. Maybe a team is really happy with the interviews that they've done with him. And heck we talked about it. the Canucks had one today with him. So we'll have to see what happens there with 11th, but I, I'm with the people on this one. I'm with the 62% of folks. I think Simashev would be the best one at 11th overall. Curious to see what the chat says here. Let's hop into the chat uh, and see. Yep. Jesse, we need smash. Uh, Corey says, so there's zero, I guess, percent chance that Rhinebacker drops. I don't know. I, I think Rhinebacker would be a very good pickup if he's there at 11 for the Canucks, but I, I don't think he's getting past both of the Arizona Coyotes and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I don't think those two teams would pass on Rhinebacker, and with with Arizona picking so high, I don't even think he's going to get past them at number six. So uh, that's, that's the way I've kind of, just from here and talking to people a lot down here. Okay, we should also mention tomorrow, draft day, of course, you'll be in Bridgestone Arena. Uh, I think it's going to start with you, and then as soon as you need to go interview a Canucks prospect, I'll probably take it over. But we are going to be doing a live blog over at Canucks Army. We did one for the NHL Awards. Going to be doing one for the draft as well. And you you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the idea is that you'll kind of give your immediate reaction on each pick and kind of how it affects the Canucks. So, folks, uh, we won't have a show tomorrow. Um, during the draft, we're going to have one still at noon Pacific, but that's of course, before the draft, probably a bit of a shorter episode live blog over at Canucks army favor is going to be running that, uh, you're going to want to check that out as you watch the draft because Hey, 
You want to know what each pick means for your Canucks, and you're not going to get that coverage on the broadcast or anywhere else, if we're being honest with you. So be sure to check out CanucksArmy.com. Yeah, the plan right now is we're going to do a live vlog for day one and day two. Day one will obviously be a lot of just talking about the player that they pick. Day two, we're going to do, uh, like, whoever the Canucks pick, I'm going to have my list, and I'm going to say, okay, I would have gone with this player instead. And then five years from now, we can look back and see if I was an idiot or a genius. So that's exciting. Uh, And that was somebody in the Canucks Army comments section that uh, recommended we do that. So that's going to be, I think, you know, day one will be fun. It's going to be, I don't even know if we'll end up doing a live vlog, to be 100% honest, on day one. We might just write an article at the end of the day after I talk to the prospect, talk to the GM, uh, and talk to Todd Harvey as well, the director of scouting. So we'll get all that on day one. I don't know if we'll do a live blog day one, but day two for sure. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, who I would have liked or who, which player we would have selected, especially from the, all the rankings that we've done. We spent a lot of time talking about the mid-round picks and the Canucks have five of them uh, between the third and fourth round. So we'll dive into a ton of that. Uh, and that's going to be the more fun, I think, live blog. So I don't, I don't think we'll do one tomorrow. There's no point. Because it's like, what are we going to, the live blogs going to be going for what, 10 minutes? Like they pick Are you kidding guy. me? They make no, the I'm first not... round. They make the first round go for two hours. I don't know how well, long. Then you, you, think you write the damn thing. There? Then if, if you're talking about doing this uh, live blog, you write it. Okay, I will. Well, I, there you go. Well, you're you're the one that's sitting there and you know crushing beers in the press box or whatever. No, I didn't have one beer there. last night. Don't tell. Don't put that on me. I didn't. Or no, yeah, I did. But I only. Well, I didn't have one actually. Yeah, I didn't have one beer. <laughs> no, you did not. You obviously had a lot more than that. Okay. Um, anything else you want to get to in odds and ends? Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I want to quickly get this in. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois going to the LA Kings, sign and trade, eight-year deal at $8.5 million. I don't know if the cap hit surprises me, but it is high. It is very high. And the Montreal Canadiens, uh, you assume, because they lost out on Pierre-Luc Dubois, trading for Port Moody, I think Port Moody's own, Alex Newhook. Uh, yeah. Alex, no, Newhook's from New Brunswick. He just played in Victoria. Uh, he's from Newfoundland. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, Alex, provinces. That's right. Alex Newhook going to the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens giving up a first and a second round pick to get Newhook, who is an RFA at this time. So Yeah, some late ones, right? It was uh, an early second and a late first. Yeah, it's like I think the 31st overall pick and the 34th overall. Oh, 31 and 37. It's literally right on the screen. 31 and 37. Uh, those are the picks that the Habs give up. So... Yeah, I th- that's basically it around the league. Do you have anything else? Like anything else going on that you you know you've kind of taken note of? Sheldon Keith's the head coach in uh, Toronto for next year. I've been keeping up with my Leafs news, of course, because yep. it's a busy day over at Leafs Nation, baby. Yeah, well, the Leafs got what like two picks in this draft, so I don't know what you're what you're even writing about over there. <laughs> uh, Mackenzie Blackwood traded to San Jose. It's like Trade Center. We we got a lot going on here. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood traded to San Jose for a sixth round pick. Speaking of guys traded for sixth round picks, Kevin Hayes. Uh, for a sixth round pick. Now, I, people didn't really want to hear this, but if you if you thought that maybe the Canucks would get an asset for Connor Garland if they were to trade him, that Kevin Hayes deal should probably give you an indicator that no, they're not. Like a sixth round pick is the return for Kevin Hayes with salary retained, like a big center who can still move. And the cap hits lower than what it is on the screen. Like it says three years, 7.14, 50% retained. So... Like, you know, that's a center. That's a center that you're looking at who put up 54 points last season. St. Louis acquires him. If Connor Garland's moved, the Canucks aren't getting an asset back. Like, it's just, it's not happening. Which and is that's fine. Why, like, they can yeah, keep Garland. I don't think He's on a fine contract. Him. Yeah, exactly. I think that you have to look at that as, 
like if you, if you look at Connor Garland as an asset, maybe the, he becomes more of an asset when he's got a year left on his contract or he's at the deadline that year, then maybe you can actually get a good pick in return, but that's all going to depend on like, you know, where the Canucks are at in their cycle, if they're competitive or not in that season. But yeah, Kevin Hayes was, it was 50% retained, right? And he's got three more years left on his contract. Yeah. So like that, you know, for a sixth round pick, I, that trade was probably the, the craziest one that we saw over the past kind of 24 hours here. I would have to say. Yeah. Eric Carlson wants out of San Jose. No surprise there. Uh, Their general manager, Mike Greer, says Sharks will probably not eat 50% of Carlson's contract. That coming from Sheng Peng um, over in San Jose. Nice. Uh, Anything you wanted to wrap up from the NHL awards last night? I literally don't want to spend more than 90 seconds on this because it's it's NHL awards. I'm right with you. took too long uh that could have been an email like that that's what i always say about the initial awards is this could have been an email um so yeah i don't know (laughs) like i i have nothing to say about it to be honest with you Um, yeah i i couldn't watch i was watching uh, i was watching the college world series uh instead of watching that that was a lot of fun between lsu and florida i don't know if you saw that the uh the baseball world series that was cool uh because yeah they didn't they didn't have it like broadcasted down here i'm in nashville i don't think they (laughs) were even really broadcasting it i could have pulled up my phone but it's like really do I, do I really care about the NHL awards that much? But your, yeah, your ballot, exactly. you felt pretty good about yours that you put in, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I picked Connor McDavid first. I didn't put him yeah. fifth. So no, I, you, I you immediately didn't like did better than one person. Number five, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate a little here. I know I'm doing this to an audience of Canucks fans, but that is a defensible ballot to some extent. Like, you, uh, you know, hey, the Oilers can, Nation guys are in the room here too, Quad, so maybe we should turn whatever. this up if they, you're going to They should this hear guy. this. They should hear this because this is why I don't put Leon Dreisaitl on my ballot and why I probably never will until he outplays McDavid. It's not because of me. It's because of the NHL. The NHL's definition for their awards voting needs to change because it's the player deemed most valuable to his team. By the definition, Leon Dreisaitl is not the most valuable player to the Edmonton Oilers. Now, on the other side of that coin, I haven't heard uh, Seth, the guy who put in the, the fifth place vote for McDavid, I haven't heard his reasoning. But I, if he comes out and says, you know what, it's because there's also Dreisaitl in Edmonton, I'd be like, okay, I'm willing to somewhat listen to that. I'm willing to listen to it. I'm not saying it's the right move. I don't think it was because that David Pasternak is your first. I don't know. I, I'm yeah. willing to listen to his uh, his his argument for it. But hey. I'll defend that for days of why I didn't put dry settle on my ballot. It's literally because the definition of the award that the NHL gives us when they tell us to read the definitions carefully and please vote responsibly. You know, that's, that's the definition is most valuable to his team. Leon dry is not the most valuable player to his team by the definition. And the guy who was, I had him first. Connor McDavid is the most valuable player in the league. Undoubtedly. Connor McDavid. Yeah, absolutely. I- I get what you're saying with the the way the award is worded. I don't like that either. I really think like the heart should be for the most impressive season or the best season. It doesn't need to be the most valuable to your team. Cause yeah, then you're right. Then you have to like, can you put dry sidle two and McDavid one, you know, your says yes, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough aside from that. Like, I, I just think that the way that the, the award is worded, there could be teams that, you know, barely make the playoffs. But if a guy was just absolutely dominant and carried them in, he should probably be in the conversation for the heart. I understand that. I just, I don't think that's what the award really means, even though that's a description of it. The guy who wins the heart should have, should be the guy who had the best season in the NHL. That's the way I look at it anyway. So like in that case, yes, you can put dry saddle in your top five as well. I know you didn't, but uh, I would, if that was the definition, but yeah, exactly. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
Okay, well, that, that was more than 90 seconds on the awards, so we screwed that <laughs> over as uh, we typically do here on the show. Okay, we'll close it out there. We'll be back noon tomorrow. That is the day of the draft. Thursday, oh, like wait. I said, 1 p.m. Pacific. Go ahead. One, Yeah, one more thing. I'm going to uh, – somebody on uh, Twitter had a reply that they wanted me to do, like, the hottest uh, Nashville chicken. Uh, so I'll order that either tonight, maybe tonight. Tonight might be the night I'll do it. I'll get the hottest chicken I can, and that'll uh, I'll record it and put it up on the Patreon. Uh, Is this so, yeah, going Patreon. to be the reason you don't write tonight? Because you just finished telling me that you're like, yeah, I'll try to write tonight. And my stomach's empty right now. It's just got uh, caffeine drinks in it right now. So I think that's like priming itself to just get absolutely wrecked from this hot chicken. And last night I had the uh, I had medium. I had a, I got some mild and some medium, and the medium was like. It, you know, it got the, uh, you know, the nose was watering a little bit there. And then uh, it was, it wasn't go it wasn't too crazy for me. It was, it was that good spice, that spice that you just like get enough flavor, but you get a nice like hit with the hot as well. So like that was medium. Then there was like two more levels and then there was like insane hot. So I don't know if I'm going to do insane hot. Like, I think I might take it down a level and see how like the really hot. I'm just scrolling through uh, that Seth Rorabaugh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm just scrolling through his replies. It's tough, man. It's a bloodbath in there. Like he's getting, yeah, that is, that is very tough. I do feel bad for him, but Hey, you know what? I, I don't know if he's defended his ballot yet. I'm very interested. Okay. No, he has going to be so... a popular guy tonight. Uh, if he's down here for the draft, that dude, I'm just saying like, if you're going to do that, out. like he's tweeting out the penguin schedule and stuff. Like if you're going to do that, I, I, if that was me, I would have had like a full article being like why I yeah, did this. To ready to go you don't just ignore it and pretend like nothing's happening i don't know anyways hopefully he does something soon but yeah he's like writing articles about the penguin schedule and stuff come on come on give the people what they want let's go let's hear hey, did, the, let's did hear it ever come out uh because jt miller got a selkie vote did that ever come out i haven't seen that on on twitter I... yet either i know that everybody's ripping this uh pittsburgh guy but uh i i need to find out who voted jt miller for a selkie that's wild. <laughs> i didn't look uh i did not look uh, at who put JT Miller for their Selkie, but hey, he got a Selkie vote last year too. Don't forget, like, right. yeah, you know, this is not his first time getting Selkie votes. But Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, we we should also mention got some votes. Hughes for the Norris, uh, PD for the Selkie, the Bing, and the Heart. So one of those I heart votes was for me. There was one first place vote for Quinn Hughes, right? For Norris, did I see that? And it wasn't a Vancouver yes. reporter because I saw Gemma's, I no. saw yours, I saw Tom's, uh, and yeah, I was like, oh, so somebody outside the Vancouver market actually watched Quinn Hughes and thought that he was the best defenseman. I thought that was uh, that's a good step in the right direction for him to actually be a legitimate candidate for the Norris in the coming years here. It was a Montreal reporter. Uh, I did not want to seem like a homer, so even though on this show I gave the case for Quinn Hughes over Eric Carlson. I wasn't going to put him on uh, mm. on my ballot over Eric Carlson. I, I think like what really switched me around, Chris, was when Eric Carlson crossed the 101 point threshold. Right. That was what sealed it for me. And the reason I put Q second quickly, I'll, I'll close it out here quick. But, um, you know, I would like to see all of the other Norris defensemen, these people, you know, Kill McCarr, for example, um, you know, all, all the defensemen in the top five and everybody's locks for top fives. I would like to see them play with Luke Shen and Ethan Bear for a full season and just see how right. they do. And Noah Juleson for like 20 games. Like this is this is one of the only markets, you know, Eric Carlson aside, this is one of the only teams where this happens where your franchise defenseman is in Norris conversations and he's playing with guys who are playing in your farm team and is playing with guys who are on your bottom pairing when we were drafting out the lineups to start the year. 
That's the only team where this happens. Like this isn't happening elsewhere. And it might be, it might be, but I've uh, made my point and I'm done. Uh, so we'll close uh, it up there. Yeah. Sorry. Quickly. Let's get it in. Cause I think uh, Ty threw this in here. Sylvain St. Laurent uh, from Le Dois. Uh That was the Miller vote from the right. That's an interesting outlet. Anyways. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wrap things up there tomorrow. Probably going to be a little bit shorter. We'll probably be closer to thirty minutes uh, tomorrow on the show, just kind of getting a prep going for the draft, and then we'll get down there. And uh, Canucks aren't going to be bumping, man. There's going to be a lot to talk about with what they do with the eleventh overall pick. Doesn't sound like they're moving up. Maybe they'll move down. Maybe they'll just use it and select that eleven. That's the way that Alvin talked about it today, anyways. Yep, it'll be good. We'll uh, we'll have a live blog. I'll probably have to do it. Since I'm not you're touching gonna be, that. Yeah, you're going to be sitting far away and you know drinking beers, doing your thing. So. I'm working all all day. All I've been doing is working. I didn't go out last night till about 1230. I left the the hotel. I was working until 1230 last night. Okay. I I wrote a 2400 word article for you last night, which you don't even, you you probably thought it was uh, written in another language because you don't know what an article looks like with that many words. (laughs) Is that a Stefan article? That's what I thought. That's your little 200 word. uh, Here's a news thing. This is what they said thing article. Hey, that's what that's what keeps the keeps the lights on. So we'll close pays, it pays the bills. <laughs> Shout the out bills. to Betway. Betway, Betway, Betway. Okay, we'll close it out there. Uh, for my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer Aaron Verdado. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Here we go. It's Simichev. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.